Throughout the last few months, um, after the Easter season was over, and we returned to the, what's sometimes called ordinary time with the green-colored vestments, uh, we've been hearing stories about the works and miracles of Jesus. And in a lot of cases, he's been in a boat much of the time, crossing back and forth on the sea. And his disciples have learned a lot, and many people have been cured of sicknesses. Now, today's story has another miracle, a miracle that I'm sure you are familiar with. This is the feeding of the 5,000. So once again, we find uh, Jesus and his uh, disciples near the water. And so uh, because of his growing popularity, because of his growing fame, uh, the crowds keep coming in. Remember the story a few weeks ago where the crowds were so uh, pressed in that they couldn't move. And here again, they've got about 5,000 people following him around. So not only him, but also now the disciples have become well-known as well. So Jesus doesn't let this dissuade him, dis, uh, not dissuade, uh, he doesn't let this uh, deter him from what he's set out to do. You know, you would think that with thousands of people pressing in around him, he would get frustrated, that uh, he would want to just sort of run away from it all. And indeed, he does go from time to time to the mountain, to the quiet place apart from everyone else. But remember a few weeks ago when the crowd pressed in, when he was just trying to go and have some time to rest with his disciples who had come back from their first mission field, but they couldn't even rest because so many people needed so much help. And scripture says he had compassion on them because what he saw were people that were like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. They were looking for direction. And so he offered that. And here again, uh, Jesus is surrounded by many, many people. And the first thing he says to Philip is, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Now, this is the first time, I believe, uh, that Jesus intends to feed the crowd. You know, normally I think people would have either brought their own food or, you know, it was not a catered event in any case. But here he says, obviously to prove a point, what are we, where are we to buy bread for all these people? And so Philip looks at this problem through the eyes of the world. And he looks at it as his first uh, response has to do with money. And he looks at all the people, I imagine he does the math in his head, and says to Jesus, you know, six months wages wouldn't buy enough for everyone to just have a little bit, let alone a satisfying meal. Okay. Well, so then Andrew chimes in and says to him, well, there's a little boy who has uh, five barley loaves and two fish, but what would that accomplish among so many people? And here again, Andrew sees that there is some food on hand, but again, through the eyes of the world, he sees the scarcity of it all and wonders how people could possibly be fed. 
And so, as we heard, knowing exactly what he was going to do in the first place, Jesus says, says, make the people sit down. And so they all gather on this grassy field. Imagine on our great lawn outside, 5,000 people all sitting down. And from the loaves and the several fish that he had, Jesus begins to distribute enough food so that everyone was satisfied and all were amazed. And there was so much, as, as a matter of fact, that 12 baskets full were left over. And everybody went away happy. Now, of course, the more miracles Jesus performs, uh, the more in demand he becomes. And the people are now starting to proclaim him as the prophet who has come, and they want to seat him as king of Israel, which is not what he came to do and would have caused uh, quite a disruption in God's plan. So that's when he makes his exit. But let's think about this story. And I always say that you know, miracles are two-sided. There's the side that's just the story. These people came to see Jesus. They were hungry. They got a, a solid meal. Well, that was great. It's wonderful that Jesus was able to uh, use God's love and power to satisfy the physical needs of these people in this one particular moment in history. Well, the people, I imagine, eventually got up, dispersed, went home, went about their lives, and had many more lunches throughout the rest of their lives. And they've now sort of faded into the mists of history. We don't know who any of these people were, aside from the disciples. So it was great that they got a meal, but why, are we, why bother to keep telling this story about some people who had their bellies filled? on one particular occasion. Well, the other side of the miracle, I think, is the eternal truth of it. There's the historical truth of it and the eternal truth of it. The eternal truth is a lesson for us about the abundance of God's love and providence for us. And it's a warning, too, for us not to become discouraged. It's a warning for us not to look at the world look through the eyes of the world as the disciples had. Remember the disciples were people just like you and me who came from various backgrounds and they had a lot of missteps along the way and they had a lot of learning to do as, uh, as they followed Jesus. And even after the time of his death and resurrection, they still were in a state of confusion. So the disciples had a lot of learning and we carry on with that tradition today. We, as Jesus' disciples here and now, have always got to be reminded of the same things that his disciples there and then did as well. So there's so much in the world that needs fixing and doing. We know that we can't fix it all. We know that we can't do it all. Indeed, even Jesus said, the poor will always be with you. But we don't let that discourage us, do we? You know, there are a number of uh, a number of uh, places and organizations in this community, particularly, I mean, all over the country and all over the world, but particularly in our small community, there are a number of uh, places that do a a lot of good. You may know that I'm on the 
uh, board of the Slotesburg Food Pantry, just to keep the food theme going. Um, and you may not know that uh, over at Hayward's Deli, there's a little fish bowl. It looks like a tip bowl on the counter, but it's not. Uh, it's for people to throw in their loose change, and some people put in a little more, actually. And uh, last year, the people's pocket change in that bowl raised over $12,000 to feed people in our towns. $12,000 is a lot of food, especially when you consider how we purchase it in you know, big quantities in bulk and we get a good deal on those things and we're very careful about that because we want to make every penny stretch. But that's a lot of good just by sort of a casual gesture and that helps physically feed people. But we also have to look at this uh, as not just physical feeding, although that is very much necessary and we hate to see anybody go hungry. But almost, not, not as, as immediately pressing, but as important as physical feeding is spiritual feeding. And what we tend to do sometimes when we're looking through the eyes of the world is we tend to want to store up for ourselves the treasures of the earth. We want to hoard things. We want to stockpile things. And I don't just mean physical things. I mean even down to to love itself, down to the grace of God itself. And we try to hold these things in our hearts because it's of such comfort and such strength to us. But what we fail to see from time to time is that God's love and grace and power are so much more incredible than we could ever ask or imagine, as we heard in the epistle reading today. But it is for us to be filled with his grace and filled so much that we are to overflowing. Now, Friday, we went down to Pennsylvania to check on our house, speaking of overflowing. And uh, I'm glad we did because after all this rain, we were concerned and uh, when you come into the main part of the house, uh, there's a flat roof. It's a great idea in Pennsylvania to build a flat roof. And uh, we had it fixed a few years ago with a nice uh, new copper roof. So I went and looked out the window onto the roof. There was water everywhere. And so I crawled, shimmied out the window, and uh, was standing ankle deep in water on a roof. And I thought, well... What, I don't know what else to do. And so I took the little uh, strainer that had been come, become clogged with leaves and pulled it out. And it all started to go down the drain. And I could hear it below in the vestibule, which had, uh, there's a little flap that you can open on the downspout to clean it out. Well, the flap blew open and water was gushing everywhere. And there was nothing I could do but just let it gush. And I wanted to control it, I wanted to contain it, I wanted it to go just the way I needed it to go. But it didn't happen that way. And so that's kind of how I think about this power and grace and love of God that we have inside of us. It wells up, and it's got to go somewhere. We can't hold it all inside of us. We, we, we shouldn't, we wouldn't want to, because it's for everybody. He wants us to be filled with his grace and love, but then to share it, and share it abundantly. Just like with these 5,000 people on this great lawn somewhere 
far away long ago who were miraculously fed by a few loaves of bread and a couple fish, just as their bellies were filled by the grace of God, so we are called to pour out abundantly this grace, this incredible gift of God's power that he has given us. And I quote from uh, the letter to the Ephesians. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him by the, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. So to him who works through us, who fills us with his power, to him be glory for that gift. And let us always try to look at that gift through the eyes of Jesus, knowing that it is infinite. It springs forth eternally, and it cannot be stopped. And so let us, like his disciples, go out into that world and share his good news of love and salvation in the face of all that we encounter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.